Joe, take it away. Fratelloni's Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 833, April 19th, 2022. 87 degrees on this day in 1985. 19 degrees on this day in 1928. And we're right in the wheelhouse of ice outs. Minnetonka went out on this day in 1916, 1937, 1947, 1970, 1974, 1987, 19... 82, why is that coming after 87? 1993 and 2001, White Bear Lake went out on this day in 1937, 1980, 1993, and 2001. Those ice outs were brought to you by Aquaside. They've been keeping lake shores uh, free of weeds and muck for over 60 years. AquaClear pellets are a really great option to strip the dead weeds from the area. AquaClear pellets will get the muck out, no permit required. Uh, these products are safe to use. They work quickly. They're registered with both the EPA and DNR, and their products are safe for you and your family, so there is no need. No need? No need to let weeds overtake your lake or pond this summer, and they'll come to you. You don't have to bring the pond to them. Call Aquaside today. They'll help you identify your weed problem and make sure your place looks great. Call them at one 800 328-9350 or go to aquaside.com. Those products are usually shipped the same day you order them. And now, from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Souchere. We're going to start today with what I think, unfortunately, will become a daily occurrence, the Byron Buxton update. Boy, you are obsessed with this story. (laughs) I'm concluding that he is made of paper mache. He slid Friday at Boston. He felt a tingle in his knee. Mm Mm-hmm. He met with the manager yesterday, telling him he feels great. He's very optimistic about how he's feeling right now, Rocco Baldelli said of Buxton, who left Friday's game because of soreness in his right knee after an awkward slide into second base. No trip to the injured list is planned, Baldelli said, and I think we're going to get to the point in the next day or two where we're talking about a specific plan to get him back out there. I can't take it. What? He feels great. Why isn't he playing today, tonight in Kansas City? Here's Baldelli's quote. I think we're going to get to the point in the next day or two where we're talking about a specific plan for getting him back out there. I think Pat might have been right. What he said yesterday on Monday Night Sports Talk. That Buxton's controlling this? He didn't drink enough milk as a kid. Well, that and he never learned how to slide. Wow. He was allowed to slide on his stomach all his life. So now he doesn't know how to slide on his ass. Hmm. Uh, the modern game uh, is not for me. I'm having a lot of trouble. And I'm unfortunately, uh, Buxton epitomizes it. Well, and uh, the other thing, too, maybe when he was sliding into home, his pants were full of foam. I don't understand that reference. It's a joke for kids. I see. Yeah. 
Yesterday, I wondered when we discovered the the video of President Biden, who was let outside for a while Sunday uh, to attend the Easter egg hunt. Let outside for a while. You make it sound like he's a dog. (laughs) Well, they let him out for a while. And he uh, was wandering around, and I'm not using any words that are hyperbole. And he, at one point, he was talking to reporters, and uh, suddenly Afghanistan and Pakistan came up, and into the into the scene roars the Easter Bunny. Mm-hmm. Uh, whoever was wearing the Easter Bunny costume, and I, I wondered aloud, I wonder who it is wearing the costume. Well, it turns out it's a woman named Megan Hayes. She's a White House press official, and five will get you ten that she was tasked with monitoring him. We're, we're going to let Biden outside this afternoon for about 20 minutes. you got to stay on him. You, if he starts talking to the press, you get, get him, him out, out of there. there. Get him out of there. That's what it's come to. The leader of the supposed free world was being, was being guarded by a Nister rabbit. It's in the video. That How is we, that hyperbole? It's not, because the video we mentioned yesterday, it was clear that that's exactly what the, the bunny was doing. She went out there, it's my suspicion, with direct orders, don't let him start talking. Get him out of there. So she goes over there, and she's waving her paws in front of him, and he's wandering around. What? what? In fact, the, uh, she pointed, the, yeah. the bunny pointed. Pointed over this here. Way. Go this way. Come on, I'm going to take you over here, buddy. And he's oh, okay. See you later. So the, <laughs> the, the what was once the greatest free press in the world is now being stymied from talking to the president of the United States by a woman dressed up in an Easter bunny costume. That's where we're at, Joe. That's where we're at. Mm-hmm. It was the first Easter egg roll in two years because they had to call off a couple of because of the Corvid. Sure. So they were out there, and he, uh, that's all I have to say, that there's no doubt in my mind. I rewatched the video, and I was glad to learn who exactly was it in the costume. It's Megan Hayes. And uh, I bet you any amount of money, her instructions were, don't you, he'll read anything you put on the teleprompter. <laughs> get him out of there if he starts talking. Yeah. And she did get him out of there when he started, when he started talking. So, I think I'll say the same thing I said last week when you mentioned he got off the podium and went to shake somebody's hand. Yeah. I kind of feel bad for him, don't you guys? It's elder abuse. And I'm being serious when I say that. I actually feel bad for him. No. You don't? No. I okay. don't. Okay. I don't. No, he's been a he's been a whore his whole life. He'll do and say anything to get to where he's at. Okay. I don't Why? mean I don't mean in a sexual nature. I know you didn't. Why is the left so furious over the removal of the mask mandate? <laughs> well, cuz it has it become their woke religion I to wear the so. mask? I think that's part of it. Yeah. Liberals on social media express shock and dismay, and they managed to drag Trump into it. After a Trump-appointed federal judge struck down the federal mask mandate on airplanes that has been in place for two years. When I bought my tickets for me and my wife, who is pregnant, and our unvaccinated four-year-old, I assumed you would continue to have a mask mandate, Dr. Jeremy Faust tweeted shortly after the mandate was lifted by U.S. District Court Judge Catherine Kimball Mazel in Florida. Now you cancel it and we have to board our return flight under your new no-mask requirement policy? Thank you so much. They're the kind of people that wear their masks in the car and in the home. When they're alone? 
Yeah. Foss went on to accuse United Airlines of pretty much saying it's cool if children under five years old who can't receive the coronavirus uh, vaccine die from the virus on airplanes. This guy's over the top, isn't he? He's a doctor. <laughs> what the hell's his name? Jeremy Faust. Epidemiologist Dr. Eric Fiegel-Ding uh, tweeted that the coronavirus epidem- epidemic is not over and called for a boycott of Alaska Airlines when he suggested, which he suggested is an idiot airline until the company implements, it, implements its own mask mandate. Really? Don't people want to just get back to normal? No. Some of us do, Joe. No, they want to live in fear. Sitting for several hours in a tight enclosed space with 200 coughing, breathing, seizing, see, sneezing strangers, writer Charlotte Clymer tweeted, yeah, I'm going to keep wearing my mask on flights for the foreseeable future, and that's all I have to say about that. All right. <laughs> United Airlines was hit with a barrage of tweets because the airline announced it was going to lift the mandate. I'm so frustrated, said one user. We have tickets to fly this weekend, which felt like a tolerable risk only because everyone is required to wear a mask. Now we have to sit in a tube with 200 people, some of whom will certainly be plus for COVID and risk getting sick or cancel our trip. (laughs) Others turned their attention to Judge Mazzell, offering sharp criticism of her record and questioning her qualifications as a judge. Mazzell's alleged qualification for the bench, Slate writer Mark Joseph Stern tweeted, her clerkships with conservative judges. That was enough for Senate Republicans. Now she's issuing nationwide injunctions that affect millions of Americans' health and safety. No sane democracy would permit this system of governance. (laughs) Wow. People are really upset. Good. Gee whiz. Today, a federal judge called it overreach for U.S. health officials to require masks on airplanes and other public transit. And no matter how you feel about masks, you should be really, really concerned that the courts are effectively taking away power from the federal government, Massachusetts Democrat Representative Lindsey Sabadosa tweeted. The decision by the young Trump-appointed federal judge ending the mask mandate in travel shows the federal judiciary has turned into the Senate, CNN legal Analyst Jeffrey Tubin tweeted, Democratic and Republican judges live in different worlds and rule differently. Judge Mazzell determined in her ruling that the mask mandate violated the Administrative Procedure Act by being outside the scope of the CDC's authority. It was arbitrary and capricious and not going through the required notice and comment period for federal rulemaking. Following the ruling, both Amtrak and Uber announced they would also be lifting their mask mandates. The White House referred to the ruling as disappointing. Jen Psaki said, this is disappointing. I don't get why. And she's... urged Americans continue to continue wearing masks on mass transit. And here, locally, we, uh, we got the, the lift, uh, the masks were, were lifted locally. Uh, the ruling by a federal judge in Florida on Monday voided the federal mask mandate requiring masks. The mandate was set to expire Monday. But the Biden administration chose to extend the policy for two more weeks. But this science is magical, isn't it? It really is. Mm-hmm. So for two more weeks, they might have been okay with it. But then after that, you'd have been fine. Biden administration chose to extend the policy for two more weeks to allow more time to see the impacts of the BA2 Omicron subvariant. Well, you know damn well there'll be one after that, right? Mm-hmm. After confusing delay for some flyers... Uh, that started with a federal judge striking down the... Oh, I was reading a caption again. 
The court decision. <laughs> the court decision and initial lack of clarity from authorities led to some confusion amongst flyers on whether they needed to continue to wear masks. Initially, MSP Airport said it would maintain its mask mandate until it received official guidance from the TSA. After that guidance came down Monday night, MSP Airport issued a statement reading, The Metropolitan Airports Commission announces a change to mask enforcement regulations inside terminals and other facilities uh, and at six general aviation airports. Effective immediately, wearing masks will be optional. After the Transportation Security Administration issued guidance that it will no longer uh, enforce mask-related regulations and will be withdrawing security directives that required face masks at airports, on aircraft, and other forms of public transportation. Okay. Uh, I, I think, you know, I heard, I saw some news clips of some passengers learning of this in mid-flight, mm-hmm. and they ripped off those masks and were cheering. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, John, as long, I was going to send you the story, but I might as well do it now since he's on the subject anyway. Yeah. Uh, Joe, this is from Fox 9. You ready for this? Sure. The lifting of the mask mandates on U.S. airlines came a day late for a Minneapolis family who was kicked off a United Airlines flight Sunday because their two-year-old wouldn't keep her mask on. (sighs) Devin and Annie Callahan were traveling from New Mexico to Minnesota with their two children when a flight attendant informed them that their youngest needed to put a mask on or they would be escorted off the flight. Pay attention here. Mm Mm-hmm. We finally got it on. I mean, she's kicking and screaming, but she had the mask physically on, and they said, nope, it's too late. You have to get off. Both parents are Twin Cities doctors who worked through the pandemic treating COVID patients. They said they were shocked and dismayed by the lack of compassion the flight attendant showed for their situation. At the hospital, we have mask policies as well, but in certain circumstances, we are flexible, he said. That kind of empathy was lacking. United Airlines told Fox 9 that the flight crew was simply enforcing the federal mask law that was in place at the time and that they have refunded the family for their cost of the return flight. Here's where it gets great. Callahan then said that the family had to rent a car and drive 20 hours through the night to get home to Minneapolis, arriving just in time for the mask mandate to be lifted. A few hours after pulling into their neighborhood on Monday, (laughs) United Airlines announced that masks are now optional on all domestic flights following a federal judge's ruling. What's see, the, the science, the science changed overnight. If you are a flight attendant and you see a two-year-old who obviously is not a threat. Was this a flight attendant in New Mexico? I would assume so. Yeah, they're coming back here. Correct. And they were kicked off the flight. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, science and stuff. I'm spending a lot of time with, a, with an almost two-year-old. It's tough to get any, not that she's ever had to wear a mask, uh, but I can see that that wouldn't last 30 seconds. Correct. Right. Yeah. What a shame that they, Boy, missed, it. Hope, they uh, missed it by a couple hours. I hope the Callahan family have good lawyers. <laughs> There's uh, This is not unusual the last two years. This has happened numerous times when you told me about the story and I looked for it. Yeah. There's flights that Same. toddlers were kicked off. Yep. Yeah. I mean, literally it's happened, I'll bet, a dozen times at and least I get it in the news. There's also the, the uh, what do you call it, the opposite view of this where flight attendants have been under... You know, getting harassed by a lot of different passengers. But in this case, this is a flight attendant on a power trip, isn't it? I have no idea. Maybe a flight attendant was angry having to work on Easter Sunday. Well, that could be it, too. I have no idea. How does this work on international flights? Because there are still countries with mandates on planes. Uh, I was just uh, looking at one here, an Air France pilot, as soon as the news was announced, got on the phone and said, I don't need to remind you we're still in a pandemic. Do not... uh, we ask you to wear your mask all flight long, and that was coming to New York. Hmm. So 
I wonder if they have to remove them, or not have to, but if they can remove them. Did anybody see five eyewitness news last night at 10? I did not. I did not. Who does, uh, uh, what's this segment called, uh, Only in Minnesota or So Minnesotan? Is it Major? Uh, Mason? Uh, Joe Mason? Joe Mason? He had a great piece. I didn't know this. There's a Northwest Airlines Museum in Bloomington. Really? And it just reminded me of what a pleasure it used to be to fly. Exciting. Oh, it was just wonderful. And people were dressed handsomely and... uh, A lot like they dress on planes now? Oh, my God. It it looks like you were slopping pigs and decided, oh, the hell with it. I'm going to go to (laughs) Vegas. (laughs) I think it's a David Sedaris line. Uh, but the, but they, it was all this uh, folksy stuff about the uniforms they used to have. And and uh, it was just wonderful. Brought back great memories of flying when flying was was just so enjoyable. <clears throat> I'm trying to find Just so story. enjoyable. If only we had a guy that could do a podcast about things that happen at the airport. Well, that would require some effort. I, I don't think that's going to happen. All right, listen, where is this thing? GLers, you want to win a grill? Oh, boy. Here we go. You want to win the damn grill? Sure, Joe, I do. From Fratelloni's Hardware and Garden Centers, a Traeger grill? You got to enter a contest. Send you an email. You have to enter a contest guessing the date and time of this year's garage opener, which is always when it hits 70 degrees on a Friday. I continue to receive them, my friends. And I've, I've told you, no, you visit garagelogic.com. May I interject? No. And no. guess the Friday and hour in which we'll hit 70 degrees in Minneapolis. I forgot one key part yesterday. Okay, Chris, what is that? You go to garagelogic.com, just as you mentioned. Yep. You first have to enter your email into the little search part. Right. Then the form pops up, fill it out, bing, bang, boom. Yeah, and the one lucky winner is going to get a brand new Traeger Pro 780 Wi-Fi pellet grill with cover and accessories from uh, Fratelloni's Hardware and Garden Centers. That's now, right. this this email from Rick might be uh, too uh, terribly symptomatic of, of GLers in general, and I would include myself okay. when it comes to this technology. Sorry, but I don't know what I did. I tried entering the contest, but I don't think I entered any time or date. Technically challenged, I guess. Uh, if there is a time and date entered, great. What day and time did I send? If not, my submission would be <laughs> May 6, 2022 at 4.45 p.m. See message I get when trying to check or enter a guest. Thanks, Rick. P.S. Not sure if attachment or screenshot was attached. Again, technically challenged. Uh, he, he attempted to send me something. I couldn't open it. I don't even know what he means. He wants us to tell him what time and date he entered. I, I he can't. knows I, he he's not eligible. Rick, you screwed up. You're not eligible. <laughs> and by technically, yeah, challenged, you only get one shot, Rick. By technically challenged, what you're saying is you lack patience. Here, to figure maybe it this out. will help all of the GLers. Hit tub two dots. That's flashes, it. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Yep. Period. Orja. That's right. There you go. That's how you it's do just it. Just that easy. It's just that easy. So good luck. Go to garagelogic.com, and apparently, according to Reavers, you'll find some uh, little box here where you can enter it your says, email. guess the opener. You click on that. You enter your email. The form pops down. All right. Fantastic.
It's Reavers here for Josh Arnold. Mr. Money Talk is what he's called around these parts. Josh has been an investment consultant since 1978. This extensive career has given him the experience needed to manage your money in both up and down markets. Josh provides independent, personalized investment planning to individuals and small businesses, including retirement plans. Josh has been doing this for quite some time, and the thing that separates him from the rest is he will always give you straight talk and never sugar-coated advice. When you invest for yourself or for your small business with Josh, you get the same straight talk that you would expect from Mr. Money Talk. You also get an investment consultant who will work proactively with you to create a strategy that fits your goals. You can also hear him at the end of Garage Logic every Tuesday and Thursday with a full report. Give him a call today for that free 48-minute financial consultation at 952-925-5608. That number once again is 952-925-5608. Or for more information, just visit his website, josharnoldinvestmentconsultant.com. And bye. Here we go. <laughs> This guy wears many hats, just not indoors. Joe Souchere. Moon Motorsports. 50 years strong as a family-owned and operated multi-line power sports dealer in Monticello. Uh, they also have a fantastic website at moonmotorsports.com. Did you know, if you didn't know, you're going to love this, you can finance a motorcycle, ATV, or side-by-side the one you've always been dreaming of, finance it. Moon Motorsports works with the most capable power sports lenders out there and can get you the best rates possible. Stop in at Moon, meet Chris, meet John. They're the finance experts, and they can show you just how easy it is to finance that dream machine. One of the biggest power sports events of the year coming up really soon, actually, next month, uh, the Moon Motorsports open house tent sale. It's Friday and Saturday, May 6th and 7th. You can swing a leg over a demo, crank it up, take it for a spin. Uh, we're going to get store-wide savings and everything we need to fuel our rides all summer long. Moon Motorsports, Honda, Polaris, Can-Am, BMW, Triumph, Ducati, KTM, Husqvarna, Yamaha, and Skadoo. You heard me, Skadoo. And for Pete's sakes, check out the website. It's awesome, moonmotorsports.com. Uh, yesterday we encountered a very bizarre piece in the Star Tribune written by a park board commissioner whose name escapes me, Becky somebody? Yeah, Becky something. And um, she w- she managed to draw a parallel between Hiawatha Golf Course and Miami Beach, Florida, uh, principally because both are the result of uh, humankind tinkering with nature and filling wetlands with fill and, and what have you. And uh, today, just within the last hour, the Star Tribune published a very interesting piece written by Susan Dew, where we learned that uh, we the whole Nokomis area was a swampland that got built upon, and Theodore Wirth apparently went crazy filling in everything he could and, and putting up homes there, and uh, it used to be just waterlogged swamps and wetlands, and then it became uh, what you what you know today, where all these people live. And federal, state, and local officials are setting out to find out what was happening in the Nokomis community. On Tuesday, they released a report uh, saying the problem goes all the way back to when the area's natural marshes were erased for development. Decisions of more than a century ago are rippling back to Minneapolis after the record participation of recent years. And uh, here's here's a quote. It's a, it's a classic example of humans trying to out-engineer Mother Nature, said James Whisker, Minnehaha Creek Watershed District Administrator. Well, that's tantamount to you saying, pal, that you finally understand that man is not bigger than nature. 
And that was the same thing that this Becky person arrived at yesterday. Man's not bigger than nature. You're on our side then. <laughs> why, why do you buy the fallacy of climate change when you're admitting that you can't do anything about nature? It's a classic example of humans trying to out-engineer Mother Nature. Well, you can't. Uh, the neighborhood's water problems were set in motion by the larger-than-life landscape architect Theodore Wirth, who was park super from 1906 to 1935. Back then, bogs and swamps were considered useless and unsanitary impediments to development instead of the biodiverse, carbon-sequestering ecosystems they, they're thought of today, which I happen to agree with. Uh, generations ago, the land was not husbanded in the way that it is today. Uh, interestingly enough, uh, I saw something on public television last night about the landscape of Minnesota and how it was altered by development. And the thinking back at the turn of the 20th century was the Mississippi River, for example, was useful only as a conduit for sewage. Everything oh. went into the river. Oh, everything man. went into the river. Hmm. You know what I mean by everything? You mean everything. And it was all of it. horrid. It was smelly and methane gas eruptions would develop, and it was just not a, even aquaside could take care of no that. No way. Although they could, the only ones that could come close, right? Uh, and then finally, the city fathers, such as they were, they realized that, well, we can't continue to do this. There's no fish. You can't swim in the river. It stinks. So you finally got the beginnings of sanitary sewer systems. Well, it was the same thing, apparently, with the development of the Nokomis area. Hey, let's get rid of these waterlogged swamps here. They're not useful to anything. Let's build on them. Well, in hindsight, you wouldn't do that. But they did. So now what are you going to do? Interestingly enough, last night in the same, following the show about the local uh, water, I watched a documentary on Miami sinking. Don't ask me what they're sinking about. Dang it. <laughs> Miami is sinking, and they're developing ways to deal with it and cope with it. And one of the ways is you build buildings about 25 feet off the ground before you have a building. And, and uh, the same thing. Man came along and built on... Uh, pieces of nature that they poorly understood. We're talking about that area, if you're not aware, right where the 5-8 Club is. If you go on um, Crosstown, yep. uh, the area of Cedar and Crosstown, the 5-8, there's a big lowland area. Everything yeah. between that lowland and Lake Nokomis and the parkway uh, there on the southwest corner of Lake Nokomis, that was all swamp. Isn't it the, on the opposite side of that, Kenny? Isn't it all residential, or is it? Everything's residential down there except, except that it's called Solomon Park. Okay, yep. The area near Lake Nokomis, according to an 1853 federal survey, once contained more than 1,500 acres of wetlands and extensive peat deposits left in the wake of the glaciers 11,000 years ago. From 1914 to 1918, the Park Board dug out 2.5 million cubic yards of that peaty soil out of present-day Lake Nokomis, which was then reused to fill adjacent wetlands. The result, 100 acres of man-made buildable land paving the growth for southeast Minneapolis. Homes went up in the early half of the 20th century despite water interference with construction even then. Okay, just despite 
interference with construction even then. So why are you choosing today? And I know why you are. It's part of your narrative. I'm speaking of the Star Tribune generically. You're choosing to tell me today or sound a new hysterical alarm today because this really fits your narrative that things will only get worse because of climate change, which Mm -hmm. you have no idea will happen. (laughs) It was happening when you started building there. When you watched the the Miami thing, was that also, were they blaming climate change? Oh, God, yes. Yeah. It was on public television. Of course they yeah. were then, yeah. Uh, new sewer city, uh, new city sewer lines needed immediate and ongoing repair due to wet soils. This is back then. Enormous peat bogs up to 16 feet in depth disrupted road construction, and we lost a five-year-old child who fell into excavation in 1941. Still, development persisted partially because the long-lasting effects of the Dust Bowl drought missed, misled city planners into thinking the water issues were manageable. And now we get the current hysteria. Uh, fast forward, we're in big trouble. We're going to get more high water and on and on and on. But we're not bigger than nature. Well, then, please make an attempt to understand your own irony. You want to get hysterical about the climate when, A, you admit to me, they had trouble building there when they first started building there. And, two, you can't outwit Mother Nature. So, therefore, quit trying to tell me that we're going to turn a dial and get the temperature back to two degrees above Fahrenheit, what it was pre-industrial revolution. B as in B, S as in S. And even if you did that... That wouldn't make a dime's worth of difference on the land that was improperly built on 100 years ago. Amen. Do I make myself clear? Amen, brother. (laughs) And so what they're advising is everybody has to come up with their own mitigation means. You've got to have good gutters, and uh, I, I think the sump pump business will be very good if it hasn't already been very good in the Nokomis, southeast Minneapolis part of the city. Uh, the report found that wet basements off Nokomis Parkway, right above 30, 54th Street East, were due to homes having been built over former swampland before, below the current water level of Nokomis. Record rains and high groundwater levels are likely to blame. Okay. you got a lot of wet basements and backyards there. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, so basement flooding and airplane noise. Boy, what a great place to live. <laughs> the multi-governmental agency team is recommending property owners implement their own mitigations measures to protect their property from flooding. These include installing sump pumps in basements and gutters to discharge rainwater away from homes, said Angie Kraft, Minneapolis Public Works Director of Surface Water and Sewers. And you can... Uh, Go to the Star Tribune website, and they'll, they'll steer you to some more websites where you can find out more about different mitigation measures. But there's nothing new about this. There's nothing you're really going to do about it, uh, except I will certainly make the euphorian confession that had we known then what we know now, uh, you would not have allowed Theodore Worth to fill in all those wetlands. So. You know, that's interesting looking at that um, area on the map. And thinking, uh, at one time, you know, after the uh, last ice age, Lake Nokomis extended down into Richfield and 66th Street. Really? Uh, Well, I mean, it's all flat from Nokomis to Solomon Park, uh, where the Crosstown is. Then there's a park right by the Home Depot called Taft Park. Um, That's on uh, 77 in, in the Crosstown. Then there's Veterans Park over on Portland and 
the Crosstown that extends down to 66th Street. All that is flat lowland. Well, from going eastbound on Crosstown, beginning at about Cedar, as you approach the airport, everything out your passenger side window is a wetland. On, Swa- yeah. Swampy. Correct. Yeah. Right. So maybe, you're right, maybe Nokomis came so, down into that. So all of that was swamp. Yeah. Y- yeah, you're right. Both sides of 77. So you oh, guys are on board. Climate change seed used to go all the way down to the airport. Well, yeah, Chris, it has nothing the, to do with the climate. The climate has been changing <laughs> since before the last yeah. ice age. It, it has know, nothing to do up, with anything. Up and down she goes. So we're, up we're, and down. Are, are you in favor then of them remod- or redoing the golf course? I forget where you stand on this. I'm pro-golf, but I, I suppose if you tell me that it's uh, uh, a cost prohibitive to keep pumping the water, I guess I'd have to find a way to agree with you to do something. But again... The park board uh, goofball yesterday, uh, she she was very worried about how we have to save the planet for children of color. That happens to be their golf course. One, two, three, four. <laughs> I lived four blocks north of uh, Hiawatha Golf Course. And the whole time I lived there, they were fighting about this. I kept thinking, eventually I'm going to move away, so I don't have a race in this uh, horse. I couldn't care less, uh, and now I care even less now. <laughs> I haven't played it in so long, I, I tend to forget was- when I played it, was it terribly boggy? I don't remember. Yeah, wet shoes. Yeah, yeah wet yeah. shoes. That's not uncommon. Uh, Delwood Hills out in Delwood. Uh, I that was one of my first jobs working there, and that was boggy. They, it took years to figure that out, but they did. When I like to hit him around the uh, the Cannon River Nine. Um, it's a, a goat track basically, but uh, the only reason your shoes get wet is because you spill your beer. That's true. Cannon River Nine. Oh yeah. <laughs> if I've got to be like ten beers in just to oh yeah tee off absolutely right? yeah. In fact, the the driving range is right next to the highway, Kenny. So you don't even try to hit it this way. You just try to hit it towards the highway every time. It's fantastic. <laughs> Joe, you want to go hit him up when you're uh, ready Chris to go? Chris Reaver's here for the Cannon River Nine. <laughs> hey, get your stumble on one Wednesday afternoon and. We had Dan Pilla on yesterday, a tax expert, and I got an interesting note from Bert, but it's so dark. You ready? Oh, good. <laughs> Joe, I enjoyed your chat with Mr. Pilla. Informative, if a bit depressing. If the wealth tax manages to pass, and we are then taxed on potential earnings or profits, the left has another nose in the tent. I started to think if the political class can steal from us on what we might earn, could they potentially incarcerate us for what we might do? Oh, dear God. It has been done before, and the thought is chilling. Bit of a stretch, I know. My guess for the first 70-degree day in Lake Minnetonka to win the grill is May 2nd. No. I was sent that to you, right? (laughs) Oh, sorry, I couldn't resist. (laughs) (laughs) He's right, though. Well, we mentioned it during the interview, or you did. This is Pandora's box. Mm-hmm. Once and, it's opened, it's never getting closed. And I said two weeks ago when I first got wind of this proposed new wealth tax, don't kid yourself that you're you're safe. Oh, this is just the billionaires. You go punish them. No, no way. No. It'll come to you, believe me. And uh, isn't it, I know sometimes we get accused <clears throat> by someone on the show of being too black helicopter-ish. Mm-hmm. What? But isn't it hard not to go down that path? They will stop at nothing to take whatever they can from us. Not if we don't get our act together pretty damn quickly. We just need another Easter bunny. 
I told you yesterday. Tell them to do this. I told you yesterday. Giants Ridge is on high ground. There you go. You can play that before the oceans dry out of shoes. That's right. <laughs> Home to the legend and the quarry at Giants Ridge, greatest value in Minnesota golf, and you're not going to find two courses of that caliber so close to each other, either here or anywhere else in the country. And you can turn that next round into an adventure with that fin cycle. I'm dying to try it. A single rider electric golf cycle. Great 37-hole special all summer. Play the legend and the quarry on the same day, June 4 to August 29, for one incredible rate with lunch on them between rounds. And don't forget, it's becoming a mountain bike destination uh, for the upper Midwest. I'll put together group golf rates for you. Look, as gas prices aren't coming down and inflation keeps going up, maybe you're making vacation uh, plans in your home and you're changing those plans to maybe stay closer to within the boundaries of Minnesota. This is a great opportunity to have an all-encompassing vacation. Great nature, great hiking, great biking, great golf, great dining, great accommodations with beautiful, beautiful scenery and lakes and forests. It's just a real uh, interesting place to check out. And you can. You can view the 3D course flyovers of the legend in the quarry at GiantsRidge.com. Patrick Ricey here with the Canopy Group Facts. The Canopy Group writes more new business in one month than a captive agent writes in three years. How's that possible? We'll share some other facts to make you understand. Fact two, the Canopy Group offers 16 different insurance companies, not just one. Fact three, the Canopy Group offers annual policies, not six-month policies, that leave you at risk for two premium increases per year. Fact four, the Canopy Group offers one deductible at claim time, not two, three, four, even more. Fact five, the Canopy Group will shop your home and auto insurance with their 16 companies every year. Captive insurance agencies can't do that because they only have one company. Now that you have the facts, it's time to get options. Call 800-967-3389 or visit thecanopygroup.com. Here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores sifting through the nuts and bolts of life. Joe Suchere. Best thing I ever did, throw away all my possessions and walk to Rome. Let me tell you, boys, it was a long trip. No, the best thing I ever did was throw away that lawn spreader, that thing I I used to think, I can do it. Yeah, I don't don't need, no, I'm I'm the man. No, 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 I I wasn't the man. I ruined my lawn. Clicking on ProfessionalTurf.com gave me the most beautiful lawn on the block in Minneapolis for years and years and years. My neighbor, Andy, he's a hardcore do-it-yourselfer, and uh, he, he'd do it himself every year. Every year, Kenny beat him. Best lawn on the block. The liberal down at the other end finally one year comes to me and goes, what's your secret with the lawn? Professionalturf.com, of course. Best thing I ever did. It's the best thing you could ever do. Um, and you know what else I did? I had their landscape division update my layout um, in the backyard that forced the equity up, gave the place amazing curb appeal from the alley, uh, lawn care, sprinkler system service, landscaping, they do it all. You'll find it all by clicking on ProfessionalTurf.com. Here's John Height. Thank you, Joe. This update brought to you by ProfessionalTurf.com. State legislators are back at work at the Minnesota State Capitol today after the holiday recess. And as usual, not a lot of time left. And not a lot has been done so far. I'm shocked. Uh, among the decisions still needing to be worked out 
include what to do with Minnesota's more than $9 billion surplus. They also need to come up with a tax plan and lots more. There's only a little more than a month to go before the 2022 legislative session will come to an end on May 23rd. The session began all the way back Monday, January 31st. For the first time in almost two years, as uh, we talked about earlier, masks are no longer mandatory at Minneapolis-St. Paul International Airport or on Metro Transit buses and trains. The decisions from the Metropolitan Airports Commission and Metro Transit came after a federal judge yesterday struck down a national public transportation mandate. And the Transportation Security Administration announced it will no longer enforce the use of masks. Delta, Sun Country, United and other major airlines servicing MSP dropped their mask requirements aboard flights. The requirement from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention covered airlines airports, mass transit, and taxis, and was the biggest vestige of pandemic restrictions that were once the norm across the country. The National Health Agency had most recently extended the order through May 3rd. Now, that is no longer in effect. A threat directed at Minneapolis City Council members has prompted an FBI investigation. Law enforcement confirming that yesterday to our buddies downstairs in the building at 5 Eyewitness News. A Vive Eyewitness News obtained a copy of the threatening email that was sent to all 13 members of the City Council just after midnight Easter Sunday. FBI spokesperson Cindy Barrington confirmed the federal agency is looking into the troubling email in cooperation with the police department and other law enforcement agencies. The Minneapolis Police Department has offered extra patrols at the homes of each of the city council members, according to a police spokesperson. A portion of the email read, I have made 15 bombs. I also have an AR-15 and a Glock 18 that I have illegally acquired. Starting today, when I return, I will be planting bombs around a certain city council member's home. The email lists the names and addresses of three city council members. The email then said, I think this is more than enough proof that I know what I am doing and this is not an empty threat. It concludes with the message, I will see you in hell. And Five Eyewitness News did not identify the person who claimed to have yeah. made the threat. Me too, because, Joe. <laughs> yeah, we, we all he, have our hands up, John. Well, the, the most interesting line in the threatening letter to me is starting today when I return. When I return. I wonder yeah. if that's somebody from elsewhere. That whole letter sounds BS. That, 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 I'm not buying a word of it. Read the whole thing again. Well, and they also know who sent it. So it's an email. So, Read it again. Okay, uh, it says, uh, I have made 15 bombs. I have also, you just wanted me to say bombs again, didn't you? I also have an AR-15 and a Glock 18 that I have illegally acquired. Starting today, when I return, I will be planting bombs around a certain city council member's home. Then said, I think this is more than enough proof that I know what I am doing, and this is not an empty threat. Some crackpot who went somewhere for Easter sent this from no, wherever he was, no. and then said, starting today when I returned. Why would they include the part about illegally acquired? Because this guy ain't very smart, maybe. No, this is a lefty posing as a, a far-right nut job. Well, there's that is. possibility. Absolutely it is. Yeah. He got political in his email. Yeah. Give me a break. No. Well, the fact All that of, they know who he is yeah. also is Well, I don't know that you, strange. John, I don't know where you're getting the information that they know who he is. Well, if they know uh, who he is, why why isn't he in jail yeah. already? Five Eyewitness News wouldn't identify the person, because uh, but his name was on the email. That's what <laughs> Yeah, I'm not, okay. no, right. no. I'm they're they're trying to verify, though, that he is the person, right. or she, so, I guess, that sent it. Is uh, Minneapolis actually going to send the police to their houses, or are they going to uh, send the hugging, uh, the huggers? 
and the hand patters and the, the sure. violence interrupters. Well, if whatever. I was a city council person, I'd be rooting for police, which you most of you want to defund, but you'll be very happy to see them in these circumstances. A federal judge has sentenced a marijuana industry activist from St. Paul for threatening to inflict, quote, pain in every way on House Speaker Nancy Pelosi right after the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol. 33-year-old Jason Karimi was sentenced in U.S. District Court in St. Paul to one year and one day in prison after pleading guilty to one felony count of sending an interstate communication containing a threat in connection with calling the home state office of the California representative saying, Hi, Nancy, I want to see you as scared as possible, terrified, and bleeping in your pants. Karimi continued using expletives, saying, You might be doing that on your own. Yeah. She's yeah, already got that covered. <laughs> Getting up there in age. And, yeah. <laughs> no idea when she went or not. Right. You smell anything? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Uh, kind of sorry I brought this story in yeah. at this point. I couldn't resist. <laughs> Karimi continued using expletives, saying, we're coming for you, we're going to end all the political power you have. Uh, Karimi has blogged for a website that promotes marijuana policy in Iowa. It's called Weed Press, and he's appeared on local television stations there commenting on the industry. He's not the yo-yo guy, is he? He's not. Okay. No. Yeah. No, so I wait, saw a picture he, he, of him. He's not he's, him. He, he loves the weed, but he hates Pelosi. Correct. Is that what I'm That is hearing? correct. Maybe he needs to sample some of his own goods. Yeah. Chill out a, a bit there, uh, nut job. The authorities in Pine County said two men were airlifted to hospital Sunday afternoon after they shot each other. Oh. It happened about 1.30 in the afternoon. A caller reported hearing multiple gunshots at a residence on Cedar Creek Road near Hinkley. Then a resident called and reported two people had been shot. Responding deputies found two men with gunshot wounds. A witness said they shot each other. Both men have undergone surgery. They are expected to survive. What led to the shootings, according to the sheriff's office, is still under investigation. Police in Roseville are asking for the public's help to find and identify a suspect in a shooting earlier this month. That shooting happened about 1.30 in the afternoon, April 1st, on Rice Street between Highway 36 and County Road B. Roseville police say the 51-year-old victim told officers he was driving south on Rice Street was stopped at a red light when a person in a black SUV pulled up, displayed a handgun, pointed it at the victim, and shot through the door, hitting the victim in the thigh and arm. The suspect described as a black man between 25 and 30 years old, wearing golden glasses with short twists or dreadlocks under a black stocking cap, according to the victim. Police believe the suspect vehicle is a 2016 to 2022 black Chevrolet Trax with a Minnesota license plate. So today, this morning, um, I'm listening on the scanner. Some jackass decides that a lady has done him wrong. He starts harassing her, um, pulling up on her back bumper and swerving and doing all the usual rage tactics. She gets on the phone with State Patrol Dispatch. um, She exits a few times, gets back on the freeway. He follows, follows her the whole time. Uh, and where uh, I heard the story is uh, dispatch was calling for a, a trooper. The trooper was at 394 and 100. The dispatcher directed the lady to take the westbound 394 exit from eastbound 94. Are you with me? Yep. It's around mm-hmm. 55. And then uh, the lady exited Penn Avenue, went north. Trooper pulled in behind him because, meanwhile, the trooper had uh, flipped at 100 Exit. He got off at Penn, uh, pulled the guy over, and problem taken care of. Wonderful. Wonderful. You idiots. 
that fall into this road rage trap oh my god are the biggest idiots on the planet mm-hmm. and when you won't give it up and you won't let it rest and you continue to harass you're going to get pulled over and hauled off to jail i hope so yeah well and even worse what happened on was it saturday somebody was shot in maple grove yeah. Yeah. A road rage incident? Another one. We had a lot of, lot of road rage last week, uh, especially on Thursday, and again this morning. A lot of road rage this morning. <laughs> is, it just, why. is it just because we're all losing it? Is that part of what's going Levels on Levels are really, really amping up around the Twin Cities. We're starting to see our pre-COVID levels again, yeah. finally, yep. um, where the, the old pockets that always jammed up are now jamming up again. Uh, and you combine that with construction, and... I'm wondering if some of these people that get so PO'd, have they been on the freeway the whole time? And now that there's more people out, they're, they're hostile, that they have to Could go be. slower, they have to deal with... I uh, will admit, I do miss the pandemic traffic. That was kind of nice. <laughs> uh, as a traffic reporter, I... That's uh, true. You probably disagree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> get back to work, people. <laughs> Hy-Vee has scrapped plans for stores in West St. Paul, Farmington, and three other metro area cities, saying the sites do not fit into a new company strategy that centers around building bigger stores and putting more distance between future locations. As a result, the West Des Moines, Iowa-based grocery store chain said Monday the land they have right now in West St. Paul, Farmington, Blaine, Maple Grove, and Chasco will go up for sale. Hy-Vee bought the five properties over the past six years as part of a planned expansion. Ivy says they still plan to consider other sites for a new format in and around the Twin Cities, which Jeff Markey, executive vice president and chief growth officer, said remains an important market for us. Uh, they entered the Twin Cities grocery market in 2015, and Hy-Vee now has 13 metro area locations. Is this a cost issue, Johnny, do you think? Uh, I don't know. Uh, their annual sales totaled more than $12 billion, they said, last That's year. That's what so. I was going to say, because every time I go into the one in Shakopee, it's packed. Yeah. State Fair quickly approaching, huh? let's see, May, June, July, August. Four months to the State Fair right now and some uh, new concert uh, concerts. <laughs> ready, Joe? Concert I'm the one sales. who likes the fair. I know. Oh, I said, are you ready? Sweet. No, you don't. Do we, do we have plans for the fair yet? Uh, we every don't. day. Can we speak of that? Including weekends. No, it won't be every day. <laughs> every day and Saturdays and Sundays, too. Uh, announced today, 90s favorites Counting Crows and the Wallflowers, who will uh, team up on Friday, August oh. 26th. Tickets run from $34 to $51. They'll go on sale this Friday. You're a Wallflowers guy, aren't you? I, I don't mind the Wallflowers. Because you used to play a couple bumps of theirs. Well, well, Chris, I saw Crows, them play actually. at Fine Line. Did you really? Yeah. Nice. Um, is Dylan still in that band? Have they been together this whole time? They On and off. Yes, he's still running. Because he did band. a solo thing, didn't he? <clears throat> Jacob Dylan? I have no idea. Not that I'm aware of, yeah. Okay. Sorry. Not that interested. Me, okay. Uh-huh. Meanwhile... If you're not interested in that, give a listen to this. Longtime touring partners from the 80s, REO Speedwagon and Sticks. Yeah! Booked for the Grandstand Thursday, September 1st. Tickets for that, 41 and $51. Also, they go on sale this Friday. they got to be wonder, 90 years old. I wonder, I might have seen REO Speedwagon with um, Quarter Flash at the Fargo. <laughs> Where is the River Sticks? Yikes. In uh, Europe. It's in hell. It's in Egypt, huh? isn't it? It's in hell. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah, I did not know right. that. Yeah. The River Sticks. I thought there hell. was really a River stick somewhere. By the way, uh, Dennis DeYoung, who sang all their hits and yeah. all their songs, does not tour with the band. So, oh. I will say one of my finer uh, moments was at the Channel Inn Bar. 
doing the roll with the changes piano solo at a uh, birthday party. Good. One of my finer moments. John, news, my please. Mid 20s. Keep on rolling. Are Seven people. Stealing? I don't want to go into that because that involves death while we're giggling. Oh, really quick. Uh, uh, you mentioned Daniel yeah. Pilla. Sorry, Joe. Uh, I forgot to post his article yesterday after his appearance on Garage Logic. It's now available on all of our social media channels because right. somebody had emailed me and asked a me about it. Peach in the National Review. Thank you. An entire shipment of new Hyundai vehicles was stolen in Philadelphia before they managed to get to the dealerships, according to police. According to local ABC6, the fleet of cars had just been unloaded from roll-on, roll-off ships in the Port of Philadelphia. Each one still had keys inside. While it's unclear exactly where the cars were taken from, police said the local st- uh, told the local station that the investigation has its attention turned to a CSX lot. CSX confirming to the outlet that they were investigating an attempted car theft at our Greenwich Yard in Philadelphia. That yard is located in the same area where the channel reported the theft took place in the area of the 3400 block of South Delaware Avenue. Theft reportedly took place between Monday night and Tuesday morning. Police are still trying to account for how many cars are missing, and their investigation has included interviewing lot security guards. The new cars do not have registrations or tags, and authorities are putting out descriptions over police radio so officers can You know, them. I, I think you almost have to admire this. Uh, it, first of all, it would be tough to get any of these in under the 48-hour rule, but <laughs> as, as a crime goes, it beats the hell out of pushing some grandmother under a, a subway car. Yeah, you know, yeah they, that's there true. had to be some thinking here, and, and, and well, they had to have a team. Uh, I, I kind of, you know, go for it. You know, what, what kind of? No, cars not were encouraging they? theft. Okay, <laughs> were they what? What cars? We were don't they? know. It just says Hyundai's. Yeah, oh, Hyundai's. Because I was thinking, if these were cars, you could have race cars. You know, six figure. These Italian, weren't race cars. Is six figure Italian sports cars. No. They wouldn't. You you don't have to give your VIN number when you go to races, right? Enter in races. Well, these aren't those, Kenny. These are grocery getters. But that was going to be my question. How are they going to get away with reselling these? I have no idea. But you know, again, part uh, them out. As far as we uh-huh. know, they didn't shoot anybody. They didn't. So you're endorsing? Um, you're, yeah. So Joe I, I'm not really endorsing it. White I'm just collar saying. I'm just mafia saying. Style crime. It's a more interesting crime <laughs> hey, than we've had to deal with. It fell off here. a truck. Yeah. What am I going to say? <laughs> hey. <laughs> uh, putting his money where his mouth is apparently is Malcolm Nance. You guys know Malcolm, no. longtime analyst uh, for MSNBC on national oh, right. security, yes, intelligence, and military matters. Yeah. He joined Ukrainian fighters earlier this month. Motivated, he said, by atrocities committed by the Russian military against civilians over the last several weeks. He is a former U.S. Naval Intelligence officer before he became a reporter, joined the International Legion of Territorial Defense of Ukraine, a fighting force comprised of volunteer soldiers from dozens of countries around the world. Nance popped up on MSNBC last night as a guest on Joy Reid's evening talk program wearing full military camouflage, holding an assault rifle while in Ukraine. He said, the more I saw of the war going on, the more I thought, I'm done talking, all right, it's time to take some action. So about a month ago, I joined the National Legion. I'm here to help this country fight what is essentially a war of extermination. Companies tied to far-right radio host Alex Jones filed for bankruptcy in an effort to settle litigation brought by relatives of children killed in the 2012 Sandy Hook massacre. Three entities, including one that holds the rights to website InfoWars, that's Jones' big website, sought Chapter 11 protection in Victoria, Texas over the weekend. Each estimated liabilities of as much as $10 million, according to court filings. 
Chapter 11 filings allow a business to keep operating while working on a turnaround plan and pausing pending litigation against it. Uh, I should, I wish Patrick were here for this story because, uh, boy, a 56-year-old man died after getting trapped inside a car wash in Escondido, California, according to authorities. The Escondido Police Department received a report of an unresponsive man inside a self-service car wash on Friday, according to a news release. When police got there, they found the man who was yet to be identified trapped between his car and the car wash machinery. Oof. So stay inside your car. Patrick was trying to get out, wasn't he, at one point when we, we talked to him that time? Well, he was stuck uh, He was stuck inside, the, stuck inside, yeah. inside the, the car man, wash. Yeah. The man appears to have driven into the car wash, but then tried to exit. His car rolled forward and pinned him against the machinery, according to a preliminary investigation. <laughs> Unclear why he tried to get out of the car, according to the press release. The car wash has an automated side where custom, uh, customers stay inside their car as it's pulled through the wash. When an alarm went off, a bystander found the man and called police. We got issues. Well, what? I was supposed to back out. Would you hit a car? I got my door here. <laughs> I was trying to back out. We got issues. Uh, Pat? <laughs> Is that you honking? No, those are other people. honking. Are you stuck in the car wash? I'm stuck in the car wash. <laughs> Why the horn? Why the horn? Yo, we had a story earlier this week. I'll tell you how this comes out tomorrow. Goodbye. What? what in the heck? That's not the bit I remember. Oh, oh, it's the bit I remember. It is the one I do. Oh no, no sense. We had a guy who said who he called the uh, car wash rescue hotline. Oh, you! I thought oh, you wanted the a, actual yeah, a, audio of when Pat was on the phone with you. That was part of it. Okay, I think what you're referring. Oh, well, it, that's a that's a a bit that we put together later. Yeah, it's a fake the bit. Car wash hotline. <laughs> yeah, but it the was... following conversation is real. There we go. It took place Friday, January twenty-first, two thousand five, between an OnStar representative and Patrick Roycey. Oh, OnStar, this is Joe. In a car wash. Calm, calm down, sir. Calm down. We got issues. You say you're in the car wash. We got issues. Uh, I'm pulling up your information now. Yes, I see you're in the car wash on Glenwood and 54th. Uh, uh, sir, are you honking the horn? Uh, you have OnStar on the line, sir. We'll we'll contact the authorities. What are your issues? Supposed to back out. You, you're trying to back out of a car wash? I got my door here. <laughs> I was trying to back out. We got issues. Uh, are you are you stuck? I'm stuck in the car wash. All right, sir. I want you to remain. Are you are you honking the horn again, sir? This is OnStar. We 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 can try to get you. Out. Yeah, yeah, this comes out tomorrow. Goodbye. Wait, wait, sir, uh, sir, we'll have you out of there in in no time. Uh, just sit tight. We, we'll we'll get somebody. We'll get somebody to help, sir. Hang on, hang on. Yes, sir. Car wash emergency crew. Yes, this is on Star. I have a gentleman who tried to back out of a car wash and opened his door when he couldn't see. We'll dispatch a, a crew right over. Okay, sir. I've got a car wash emergency crew gonna come help you out. Okay. But we're okay now. So. So are you are you out of the car wash? Well, not quite. Okay, well, well, sit sit tight, sir. Would you like for me to stay on the line with you here, sir? I gotta put this. Keep you company until the authorities arrive. No, but I've I've learned a lesson.
And what would that be? Never open your door to back up in a car wash when you can't see out the back window. Well, that's why we're here, sir, to teach people like you a, a lesson. <laughs> if you ever get stuck in a car wash and open your door when you can't see out the back, remember to push the little OnStar button on your Chrysler 300 Dark Storm model. OnStar. Always there, always ready. Even for bonehead moves like the one you just heard. The door! You know what was the weirdest thing about listening to that? Huh. That was 2005, he said God, at the beginning. 80. How many years ago? 17 years ago. 17 years. 17. Oh. You oh didn't have gosh. to say that, John. There's no That's need very to hurtful. include that in the conversation. But, John, I, thank I'm you sorry. very much. Is that, am I done? I think oh. so. I think so. Yeah. Thanks, John. We're not done, but you are. Okay. Oh, we're done. Yeah. <laughs> You're listening to Garage Logic right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking to you about your business right now, telling the thousands of loyal GLers about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with the Garage Logic podcast. It's easy. Visit garagelogic.com now, enter keyword partner, P A R T N E R, fill out the form. We'll get in touch with you very quickly. Once me and the dummies start talking about your company, you're going to be amazed at how many GLs just start showing up. Easy to do. Do it right now. Visit garagelogic.com and enter keyword partner. I hate puzzles. Does he got them. something or doesn't he? Yes, sir. <laughs> I've got something to hide is what I've Truth, got. Truth, justice, and the sujeray. What do you got to hide, Suchi boy? Don't tell me. Don't tell me. None of my beeswax, but if you need it hidden and or locked away, Maple Grove Lock and Safe, they can help. As a matter of fact, I should say he can help. We're talking Rich. He's an expert at commercial, residential, automotive locks, the owner of MGLNS, Maple Grove Locks and Safes. He also sells the best safe ever made, the Liberty Safe, made right here in the United States of America by Americans using American materials. The website, maplegrovelockandsafe.com. Take a good, hard look at the Liberty Safe showroom. That's where you're going to find safes of all sizes and all price ranges. And when you're looking through the selection of Liberty Safes, just keep in mind, you're looking at the very best. Invest in your security, whether it's a compact vault or a big, huge, large safe. Rich is our guy, trusted expert, 30 years in the biz, doing residential and commercial security services. Uh, services excuse me, 6901 East Fish Lake Road in Maple Grove. And on the web, maplegrovelockandsafe.com. I have two emails regarding the Field Academy and then the latest national news from the Field Academy. Joe, maybe a ray of hope here. Uh, Easter brought our college-age children back home for the weekend. One of those kids is a college sophomore attending an outstate college in the University of Minnesota system. When he arrived home, we sat around the table catching up for a while. We hadn't seen him in several months, so there were many topics to cover. Midway through the conversation, I asked how school going. He smirked and said I had to write a paper on gender identity for my sociology class. With a raised eyebrow, I asked him how that went, and he smirked again and said, I didn't believe a word of what I was typing, but hey, you read the professor, understand what he wants, and serve it up to him on a silver platter. It was beautiful. <laughs> he then went on to say, next up, sexuality. I'm going to blow this guy's mind. Sometimes I feel bad, almost like I'm playing with him. But like the rest of the class, we just need the grades, so we tell him what he wants to hear and move on. All of us classmates talk, and everybody is feeding this professor a healthy portion of BS. His last comment was, I wonder if he'll figure it out. 
Signed, Chris. That's How much more interesting would that class be if all of those students could just write what they felt in their heart and yeah. in their brain? be much more interesting. Uh, Joe, Fruits of a Soft Education. Listening to your conversation on eliminating reading and writing from the curriculum, I work in construction and am seeing the generation of no winners, no losers, no grades, no expectations, no ability to be challenged on a problem and ability to think critically. The first generation of children with these values being taught to them is now in their early to mid-30s and being put into positions that require the abilities of a functioning adult, which they are not. Here are some of the issues I see just in the construction field. One plus one equals two has to be that way, or there is no way for our industry to communicate. We are seeing engineers and even some laborers that struggle with with this idea as it is not equitable. Problem solving. There is a famous quote, something about the best laid plans. Construction plans are laid out over weeks and months of planning. However, sometimes the line on the paper does not translate to the real world. This problem is not new and unavoidable on jobs of a large scale. However, it is getting worse. See previous paragraph. There have always been conflicts and discrepancies on plans. What has changed is the total and complete inability of these young engineers and project managers to accept managers to accept that there was a mistake made or to come up with a quick and logical solution. Zero ability to adapt to situations or accept help from someone who may have an answer, but not the education the engineer has. I really do believe a large part of the feeling of everything around us collapsing is because it is slowly happening. We are seeing this protected generation coming into social positions that they are not equipped to handle. They are failing the system terribly, and we are all paying the price. It's from Josh. Holy mackerel. Well, Josh, you're not going to want to hear the latest news from the uh, failed academy. <clears throat> Verified this on a number of websites. The National Council of Supervisors of Mathematics called on public schools to change curriculum in order, in order to advance social justice causes like combating privilege and oppression in mathematics. The organization trains math teachers across the U.S. and Canada and aims to improve the world through better teaching of mathematic concepts. Their latest statement says math teachers need to also include social justice in their lesson plans. A social justice stance requires a systemic approach that includes fair and equitable teaching practices, high expectations for all students, access to rich, rigorous, and relevant mathematics, and a strong family-community relationship to promote positive mathematics and learning and achievement. Equally important, a social justice stance interrogates and challenges the roles power, privilege, and oppression play in the current unjust system of mathematics education and in society as a whole. The unjust system of mathematics education. The statement went on to say that school boards need to conduct annual audits on whether they have satisfactorily implemented social justice action items recommended by the Math Council. We must hold the profession and our organizations accountable to making a just and equitable mathematics education a sustainable reality. The campaign is odds is at odds with claims from those criticizing bans on critical race theory in schools. They say CRT isn't taught in schools and instead insists that Republican politicians simply want to erase all inconvenient lessons about racism in U.S. history. Critics of CRT argue that it sends children the wrong message about dwelling on racism in the past instead of moving forward. 
I, I have no idea what what could possibly be meant by this. Uh, two plus two is four. There's no uh, no no no. That's racist. Well, there's no privilege connected with that. There's there's nothing racial in that. No, what this is saying is if at first you don't succeed, lower your expectations. So we're no longer going to be reading. Nope. We're no longer going to be doing math. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen to the sciences, but I dread the doctors of 30 years from now. Do they mean by equitable, equitable math, do they just mean the teaching of it, or do they mean the math itself? They don't know what they mean. They don't know what they mean. Two plus two is four. What does that have to do with social justice? What does that have to do with combating privilege and oppression in mathematics? What in mathematics constitutes oppression? Not being able to master it? Probably. I was all, I was reading something over the weekend, you guys, um, and I'm going to trust that it was fact because it was from, I can't remember the source, but did you guys realize that over 23% of Californians over the age of 15 are illiterate? Doesn't surprise me a bit. It doesn't? I found that shocking. What are classroom practices that support equity-based mathematics teaching, going deep with mathematics, leveraging multiple mathematical competences, affirming mathematics, learning identities, challenging spaces of marginality, and Doesn't draw, mean anything. drawing on multiple resources of knowledge? You know what that means? Uh, blah, 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 blah. No, blah, here's blah. what it means. It, re, it means, just like in English, they're reinventing math in a, in a way that it cannot be flunked. Here's another one that says... How do you flunk that, any of those uh, things that you just brought up? How do you flunk them? You can't. Well, expanding on that, here's another answer that says, equitable math instruction is the simple understanding that students and communities come from different backgrounds and may have different ways of being and thinking even in math. Math problems, of course, have correct answers, and there's also a number of ways to get to that solution. Okay. Fine. When I was in junior high, I was in the dumb guy math class. Well, when math class rolled around, uh, about five of us were excused, and we went to the dumb-dumb class to go to five plus four is nine. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. When you five got up, did the rest of the class kind of snicker? Of course they did. Yeah. <laughs> and they were all jealous because we, you know, if you were the smart one, you said, I don't understand math. I'm no good at it. And then you didn't have to do trigonometry. <laughs> Meanwhile, the five of them went to go have a quick heater before they went to the next classroom. <laughs> oh, I, I think it was smokable, but it wasn't a heater. <laughs> it's all part of the intense effort to make these children less than by disingenuously assuming that they're not capable of math and to disguise that they couch it in terms like math again is merely a white affectation that suggests privilege and that you've been oppressed because you keep thinking two plus two is five and we're going to be damned if we're going to correct you. What's wrong with the special help class? Uh, I felt no shame at all going to the special help class. I, I don't understand why we had to fix something like that. It's actually worse than that, Kenny. I, I have audio of some of the kids that were in that class. Jesus, no. Mm. We've got plenty of ice out. It's brought to you by Aquaside. <laughs> Boy, probably needed that math class. Only because they come to us all the way from Lisbon, Portugal now. From the Wait traveling line. Which way are they going? They went to uh, Europe. Huh. I thought they were just in We're Florida. gonna have them on in May. Okay. I don't know them, but I'm fascinated by what they're up to. 
But it seems like their route is kind of awkward. Yeah, they came. They got as close as Florida hey, and turned around. Weren't they in Bef- Fort Myers? Yeah. yeah. Before you do this, did you get the letter, uh, or the excuse me, the email from Scott Matura about the Thwaites Glacier and the uh, the math? Yes. You don't want to. Well, it, it, was, not, uh, it was beyond. I'm not a math guy, but I'll be the first to admit so that. You've got to go to the special help go to that class. Dumb class. <laughs> yeah, we'll puff. We'll puff a big fatty on the way, Suchi yeah. boy. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I think the gist of his email was that the melting doesn't amount to much. The Doing oceans are math. so vast. Doing some math on ocean mass and surface area means a piece of ice only the size of Great Britain. Blah 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 blah. <laughs> Yeah, well, I continue to not be worried about it. Yeah. On this day, um, April 19th, 1865, on a national day of mourning for President Abraham Lincoln, St. Paul businesses close and city officials wear black armbands. The courthouse is draped in black for 30 days. Hmm. And on this day in 1902? April 19th. The Duluth Public Library opened. Huh. Back when a library was a library and not a front for the mystery. On this day in 1945, what's this day? April 19th. Hail Minnesota becomes the state song. Written by two University of Minnesota students in 1904 and 1905, it is also the university's official song. Hail Minnesota. Oh, yes. So, Thank you, GLers. Um, GLers, if you wouldn't mind, could you do us a favor and subscribe to the Garage Logic YouTube channel where you can enjoy content posted every single day? And also, don't forget to uh, follow us on all of our social media channels Facebook, Twitter, and Insta, and download the PodMN app for your smart device where you have the chance to win prizes just by listening to Garage Logic. It is that time once again here in Garage Logic where we pick up that phone and we make that call to our guy, Mr. Money Talk. Josh Arnold is with us once again, and now is the time to make that call, the same one that I did for that free 48-minute financial consultation. And you do that by calling 952-925-5608. That number once again is 952-925-5608. When you call that number, you get directly to Mr. Money Talk, and you're also going to get straight talk. You'll never get sugarcoated advice and josh is on the line with us once again and josh a simple question are interest rates baked into the cake how do you like that are the high interest rates already baked into the cake and has the stock market and bond market priced in some fairly significant interest rate moves well one fed governor bullard who has probably been the most aggressive or most hawkish on inflation said in a conversation the other day that he feels that the rate rises that the Fed has already talked about and have been reflected already in higher yields on bonds and lower bond prices may already be priced into the market and definitely are helping the Fed in the Fed's effort to slow down the economy or slow down the rate of inflation. That said, he still believes the Fed should continue to be aggressive in their interest rate moves 
as well as cutting the balance sheet uh, uh, quicker than had been expected and returning things to a more normalized level. The 10-year Treasury is currently yielding 2.9%. That's up in the last three weeks from 2.4% at the end of March. That is very, very significant in terms of the 10-year move. We have now gone from a rate inversion to now a steepening of the yield curve, which would be a little bit more normal and would not right now signal a recession that a inverted yield curve would signify or could signify at some point later. And while interest rates have been moving up and the Fed is becomes more aggressive, there is, of course, that concern that the Fed overstepped and really slows the economy down and does tilt us at some point into not only an economic slowdown, but into a recession. But that could happen either later this year or early next. But that would be kind of difficult with the way the election cycles are moving. Inflation is still going to be a concern given that oil prices are still up, commodity prices are still up, though both are moderating. Used car prices, which have been you know, a big component of inflation, those have been coming down. It looks like home prices are starting also to level off. Both are positive in terms of reducing inflation. I did bring up commodities and commodity inflation, primarily because the demand that's going to happen or is already happening, we'll say, for more batteries and for switching from internal combustion engines to more battery technology. And in order to have those batteries, you need copper, lithium, cobalt, nickel, etc. A lot of those components, as we have talked before, do not come from the United States. They do come from China, Russia, Indonesia, Peru, and parts of Africa, countries that may not be so friendly to the United States. In terms of environmental concerns, the environmental concerns for mining you know, might be even greater than continuing to use fossil fuels, particularly natural gas and oil. And few of the environmentalists want to use nuclear power, which we've said would probably be the, the best source. So overall, I would say and continue to say, pound the table, please avoid investing in bonds, particularly in a rising interest rate environment, as bond values are going to go down, even though yields go up. Quite the opposite. I would continue even with all the volatility, continue looking for companies that can grow their earnings, grow their sales over a period of time. So I would still lean towards growth-oriented companies wherever that might be. Still big believer with Apple and Amazon as core to portfolio. I would provide some caution with earnings coming up next week. A lot more negative news could surface and create a little more volatility for those two companies. Caution also with Apple, with China shutdowns that could provide cautious guidance going forward. But I still maintain my $250 price target. Very good, Mr. Money Talk. You heard him, GLers. Now is absolutely the time to pick up that phone and make that call for that free, yes, I said free, 48-minute financial consultation. And you do that by calling 952-925. 
888-825-5608. Another excellent report, Mr. Money Talk. Thank you so much again for the time and the chat. Have a great day, and we'll do this again on Thursday. You got it. Thanks, Chris. Investment advisor services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a registered advisor in the state of Minnesota. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk.